and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a podcast asking the question, what does it mean to be fully alive in the 21st century? I'm your host, Brett Kane. I'm a licensed massage therapist and mindfulness meditation instructor, and joining us on the show this week is my new friend, Andreas David Christow from Finland, uh, the co-founder of the Origin of Health Training Network, which is a lifestyle, fitness, and nutrition conglomeration that helps clients step deeper into their embodiment and be able to connect their mind, body, and spirit through really unique but challenging uh, fitness routines that also involve um, our diets and um, how we just live our life day to day. Uh, So this conversation was uh, a lot of fun for me. This is a very pointed conversation and very on the nose with the theme of this show of cultivating aliveness. So Andreas's focus is primarily movement. As a movement and nutrition specialist, we really go in depth into the intersection of how mind, body, and spirit all intersect and actually come to its edge state when we're actually engaging with a wellness practice such as strength training or doing something like yoga or Pilates, whatever your embodiment practice is, um, there's a lot of similarities to that. So this conversation is all about how we can move the energy in our body to promote wellness, wholeness, and connectivity within all of our different parts. Uh, We talk about his primal movement flows that you can head on over to Instagram uh, at Origin of Health and you see some of these really cool videos, really impressive uh, fitness flows that are really unique, really um, something you just don't see very often. Uh, We talk about the process of alleviating stress and what stress is like in the body and how it clouds our mind and clouds our judgment. We are exploring how to create wholeness by bridging our mind and body and how to actually listen to your body and how to actually interpret pain not as necessarily an issue but a signal to change your behavior. We talk about the alchemy of forgiveness and getting started with your strength training journey. Uh, We spend a great deal of time on nutrition and fasting and how some of the environmental factors in our lives are actually affecting our health and overall it's it's within the umbrella of living a more spiritually focused and connected life so yeah if you've listened to the show for a while this is literally hitting all the check marks for the things that i'm really passionate about and it was really cool to be able to sit down and um, pick his brain on this because he's dedicated his whole life since and like 14 to this single pursuit. So this is, this is a really fun conversation. There's a lot on offer here. So I definitely suggest if you got a notebook or something, start scribbling. Um, Andreas does a lot of virtual trainings as well. So if this is something, if you are really resonating with his style of teaching and the specific things he, he's pointing out, then I really suggest you uh, head on over to originofhealth.net and see if you can get involved. Uh, like I said, his social media situation is really on point. He's very consistent. He's constantly posting really unique um, fitness tips and tricks and flows that are really inspiring. Uh, it's one of the he's one of the few people that I will see consistently in my feed. And I'm always finding myself watching and like, dang, just such graceful movement. And I think that that's really one of the highest expressions of awareness you know so we talk about that we talk about graceful movement and what fluidity in motion is and how we can best do that so yeah this was a good one this was a real good one y'all so i don't want to take up too much of your time um i don't think there's really any updates at this point um 
yeah, going into the new year, you'll be seeing a little bit of changes with the platform. We'll still be doing the bi-weekly episode release, but I just want to exert a little bit more on the social media because I'm interacting with really cool people like Andreas and they're just crushing the social media game and it's just like oh yeah I forgot that that's that's where everybody's at is the social media so yeah I guess I'm gonna get over my age and join the masses a little bit more deeply so (laughs) that's something fun to look forward to so yeah if you want to help support the show um, as always you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review it seriously is the single best metric Um, And it really helps me kind of leverage my audience so that I can keep bringing on amazing people like Andreas and beyond. Um, You can subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, you know, all like the typical things in the social media marketplace that um, just kind of show other people who are considering coming onto the show that, um, you know, we're all here. We're all holding the fort down. And um, yeah, we're eager. We're hungry for more information. Uh, We're hungry to keep learning cool things about embodiment in this generation and how we can live the best, most honest and spiritual lives that we can without getting too lost in the clouds. So yeah, interacting with social media, it's huge. It's huge. Um, Otherwise, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 21st century vitalism if you want to give us a monthly stipend for the cup of coffee uh, a month, you can, you know, help inspire the show's forward momentum you can get a part of the early access kind of stuff and uh yeah we're gonna keep this ball rolling for pretty much ever i love doing this show i hope y'all are feeling it um you know i would have never been able to talk to a finnish movement specialist had it not been for the show and you know this this conversation and many others have affected me so super pumped about it super pumped that y'all are still tuning in um in larger and larger numbers i appreciate you all so much from the bottom of my heart it really does mean a lot to me that we're able to gather in this way it's maybe a little one-sided for listeners but you know in time that will change and you know we really are building a community and the more you listen to the show the more you're prioritizing your own wellness and your own education and just expanding to new topics every week you're going to be hearing something radically different from the last from all the spectrum of wellness and you know taking care of your mind and your body and your spirit and that's what we're here to do is we're here to just show up and be responsible to ourselves to really just honor this incarnation honor these human bodies and really see like what does it mean to be fully alive right now what does it mean to be a human being the 21st century we got corona running rampant we got crazy political discourse we got systemic injustice climate change how do you find your balance and let's talk about it because a balanced perspective is a healthy one that stabilizes and harmonizes all of those around you so this is important work these are important conversations i stand by them so thank you so much again from the bottom of my heart um today's guest is really wonderful so please sit back do some stretches drink some tea and most importantly open your heart for andreas all right andreas we are now live hello and welcome to 21st century vitalism it is a pleasure to be sitting down with you uh this morning for me afternoon for you uh just starting off how are, how are you how's how's this year been treating you yeah i'm doing actually really great uh, the year has been really awesome for me personally even though in the world it seems the things don't seem to be 
you know, uh, going that great. But for me, it's going great because I'm making sure it's going great. I take actions every single day to make sure that my life is is good because I can only control what I can control what's in my life and I make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to make life feel the best every single day. So, Yeah, I love that. And it's really interesting because I've talked to quite a few people who, I mean, we can all collectively acknowledge the fact that these past two years have been really difficult mm. um, for a lot of people. There's been a lot of people passing. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I honestly, most people that I interact with on a more personable level are like, on a personal level, like these have been some of the better years of my life in that we were able to take our energy that we've been investing into these external systems and we were invited to like bring it all into ourselves and really take inventory on like, how am I showing up to myself now that I can't blame my job for taking away all my energy? And I mean, here mm. in the States, you know, a lot of people got unemployment. So like they were just getting paid to chill out for like up to a year so a lot of people really use that momentum to explore themselves and like where can i actually take action mm. i'm not really sure how did how did finland respond to the whole corona situation yeah well here there was like some lockdowns at the beginning and in in the middle of the period but i wasn't to be honest paying much attention you know i was as I said to you, I tried to adapt as much as possible and uh, according to the situation. So no matter what, I kept my business rolling uh, because, you know, I do coaching. I coach people in terms of movement, nutrition and lifestyle. So even if the gyms were closed, I just took them outdoors, even if it was cold. And we, we did like bodyweight training, you know, even without any equipment. So we just i just adapted to that but um, basically now things are a little bit more relaxed. Uh, it seems that people are a little bit more chill and I see way more people without masks on the streets so I see the fear is starting to like drop down and maybe that's because you know of all the medications that have been put out there but who knows I, I, I'm just uh, going with the flow and uh, and see where life takes me so yeah yeah it's really cool for someone who's kind of in your field and I mean kind of similar with mine as a massage therapist is mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. people are still wanting to engage with the body maybe even more so now that there's like this mm. external health threat where it's like oh mm -hmm. like it's not enough to just get the vaccine we have to actually start yeah. embodying deeper and actually addressing the more fundamentals of our health so yeah. I, I could see kind of a rise of the practitioner of whatever body modality, whether it's strength training or massage or, you know, really mm -hmm. becoming an important figure in our society post pandemic, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Yep. And you know, like um, how your mitochondria work. So that's like the powerhouse of your every single cell in your body is determined so much by your lifestyle and not so much by your genes and the, the mitochondria can alter the gene expression so basically how your how you are determining how your health is going to go so every single action and thought that you take is impacting your cells and that can take you towards health or towards dysfunction so it's just really important that you do steps every single day towards the better yeah 
So what was your journey like into kind of diving into this world? I read a little bit on your About Me that you weren't always uh, a movement fitness kind of person, but this is something that you actually ended up developing. So for you, I guess if you could paint us a picture of just like what your transformation and stepping into that role looked like. Okay. So I'll start from when I was 14 years old. Um, that's um, kind of when my journey began in the fitness world because I was an overweight or more like obese child. I was around 95 kilos. I'm not sure how much that is in pounds. I think that's like around 180 pounds or something like that. And I was only 14 and that was mainly all fat. So that was that was quite a lot of weight. And um, I didn't feel very comfortable with myself and I got called a lot of names at school and I and that motivated me, that drove me to want to change. So I joined the health club and started going to the gym and I started researching everything on the internet about uh, building muscle, losing weight, uh, all of these traditional kind of things uh, that you do when you start out. And uh, basically I took the bodybuilding route at first because that's all I knew. I just wanted to uh, transform my body at the beginning. I didn't know that there was such a thing as movement or moving your body. I thought it's it's all about pumping iron and, and building muscle and looking good. And I, I didn't really care because, you know, I was so young about the health benefits. But as the time went on uh, until maybe when I was around 20 years old, then I um, went to the university and I did my first degree, which is in nutrition. And that's where I met my partner, Tina. And uh, there we both combined our philosophies together because she was more into this uh, functional style training yoga endurance and i was more into this bodybuilding style stuff so i was kind of like the stiffest person you would ever meet you know and uh i, I really needed a lot of uh, loosening up let's say or add, adding some movement into my uh, routines and so basically she expanded my mindset and then I thought that, okay, that building muscle is important, but being able to move well is also even more important because I started to get some aches and pains as well over time because I did many mistakes over the years because I never hired a personal trainer myself. I was self-taught uh, the majority of the time. So, um, And then after that, basically what happened, uh, the journey just began from there when I met my girlfriend. We just started merging ideas continuously together, combining yoga and like body weight training and animal flow and unconventional training, basically everything unconventional. And I fell in love with the unconventional style of training, which is anything with a three free weight tool that you can use with your body in a way that's not traditional. So not like pumping the iron, but you're just, you're moving with the weight. So you can use your body weight as a resistance, or you can use a kettlebell as a resistance, or you can use a steel mace or a dumbbell. It doesn't matter what way you, you use, but it's just that those tools allow you to take your body to the next level. And now, uh, well, for two years now, I have been uh, coaching people face to face and online. And that's, basically where I'm at right now. And I'm constantly aiming to expand my uh, library, my brain library on uh, and empower myself about different things on health and how uh, the biochemical aspects of health can impact the mechanical. So the, you know, how the muscles move and the tendons and the ligaments. So this is why nutrition and environmental impact has a big role on movement as well, because well, a lot of times we think that 
uh, movement restrictions are caused because we're not moving enough or we've done something too much or because of an injury. But sometimes when it's unexplainable, it's time to shift the focus. And I have, I'm slowly, slowly learning this right now because I have experienced this myself because I've been having some aches and pains lately. And I've been realizing that no movement helps. But when I shift some certain things in my diet, I notice my inflammation in my body goes down and I feel a lot better and I can move better. So it actually shows me that biochemically, I'm altering my cellular function and that's helping me to move better. Well, that's basically my story and uh, until now. I love it. Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation that I don't think has had enough in some of the fitness circles that I've kind of been a part of, which I'm fairly new to the the world of embodied movement and strength training and mm. the such, but mm. that it's that of inflammation. And like, I mean, what we're talking mm. about is things literally becoming inflamed and irritated and a lot of that mm-hmm. is caused by our diet. It's caused by the mm-hmm. the spaces that we find ourselves and even our relationships. If something is stressful, mm-hmm. it's actually causing inflammation Absolutely. in the body. So mm-hmm. I love this yep. new revolution in health and that we are looking at every aspect of our of our being and we're even bringing in things like meditation to bring mm-hmm. ease to the body as well as a mm-hmm. manual therapist. You know, that's what really interests me is the intersection between how we take care of our mind and our awareness and how it manifests in mm-hmm. the body. And what Absolutely. I really like about your platform is all the videos that you're posting are these really unique flows. I think you call them like animal movements so or like the primal movement training. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard a little bit about this from other people and my mm-hmm. background uh, of studying myofascia um, one of the things mm. that you often see with the, the issues in like strength training is this like static thing, like, yeah, you're building your bicep, but you're not actually training mm. your fascia to expand and move with yeah. it. So you're actually tearing it mm. and lowering mm. your, your range of motion. Mm. So how mm. did you end up, what was like the path of developing this like primal movement? And how would you explain that to people who are just from the traditional strength training background? Okay. Yeah, so basically I would uh, like the animal uh, primal based movement is what I would call ground based movement. So what you would just use your body as the form of resistance against gravity and the floor is your friend. That's where you came from when you were born. You started crawling when you were young and that is when you start building the first original primal patterns in your body. You are starting to increase your cognitive development based on your movement capability. So the more you improve your movement, the more your brain is literally becoming bigger and more aware. And this is basically, I know, I read this once in a scientific article that the the brain actually develops in size because we stand up straight. And because we stand up straight on two legs, we require so many more neurons and so many more connections to be able to maintain our balance because the body has to literally rewire itself to a new level of uh, view or dimensions or whatever. And so, and also to be able to support yourself only on your feet. So the feet have to get become strengthened and that's why the feet have some of uh, the most amount of uh, neurons uh, not neurons, but neural, neuronal endings uh, on, your, on your feet because that's how basically what gives you the feedback to the brain, the proprioception, so you're able to react to your environment. So, uh, so yeah, uh, back to the, the primal-based movement. So uh, when you are down on the floor, you are literally revisiting your childhood and you are bringing safety 
to your body. And safety is a really big deal because when your brain feels safe, that's when pain dissipates. It starts to go away. Because when you're standing on your two legs and the proprioception is missing, which is the sense, it's the feeling, where is your body in space? If that's missing, or for some reason it's become dysfunctional by wearing like very uh, thick cushion shoes, for example, that reduces the, the amount of time that you can react to your environment because you can't sense the ground as fast as you should. Whereas if you were barefoot or wearing barefoot shoes. And so basically when you increase your proprioception, you increase safety in the body because you are providing more information to your brain. So this therefore makes you stronger because you can feel more. So the, the more the body can feel and the fact that you are spending more time on your hands, um, the more stronger you become. And in this way, when you're on the floor, there is an unlimited amount of things that you can do because you just have to explore your environment and see where can the body go from here. So there is no strict way of moving or right or wrong way of moving or keeping your back like ultra straight or rounding your back because the body doesn't like stagnation. It likes change. It loves change. And that's what actually keeps everything flowing and moving in the body. And we want the blood to flow around. We want the oxygen to flow around. We want the lymphatic system to flow around because all of these support the health of the brain and the rest of the body as well. So primal animal based movement is a holistic unity approach of body weight training that like allows you to move without uh, this eccentric and concentric work. It's more isometric, I would almost but there are of course like some concentric and eccentric works as well in there but it's more isometric kind of work and uh, you're lengthening uh, the body and compressing it and then you're constantly moving it so it's almost a little bit with like yoga and pilates and uh, martial arts all combined together and dancing it's uh, the, all of those are really really uh, similar to each other and I mean, even from like looking at your videos and some of the stuff that you post, like there is a level of gracefulness to it that I think is honestly, it's like really beautiful mm. to see just such fluid movement coming about. And especially in these like really unique ways that many people, mm. I mean, you just don't see that really anywhere. Um, so mm. I've definitely found some inspiration in it. And it gets me to think That's about awesome. the idea of like, it's a really vulnerable thing to bring yourself into a state that is reminiscent of our childhood or early years, especially if there's been mm. any sort of trauma in those years, if mm. we have difficult yeah. relationships with our childhood. And I'm thinking about, mm. I have a lot of clients and I know a lot of people who maybe like mm. in their like fifties who kind of grew up in a generation prior who are really stiff. And like the idea, mm. like every now and again, you'll see someone in your family like sit on the floor and it's a really like, you can kind of see like the insecurity that kind of comes out. There's this sense of like feeling alienated in their body. It's just like this like, weird thing. And I wonder how much of that mm. has to do with the neurological information just being mm. on the floor. It brings them back into a state where they were vulnerable and like standing up is our defensive kind of like if you're in a fight, unless mm. you're in jujitsu, you probably want to be, mm. you know, more mountainous rather than like close yeah. and like, so yeah. it's just interesting mm. like, you are working with your mind also as well as these mm, more uh, primal forces. Absolutely. It's all about the intention. Of course, there is unintentional movement, which is what uh, you call like somatic movement, where you are more like allowing your body to flow where it wants to go. So it's more thoughtless. Uh, you are trying to just 
uh, sort of like hover around with the energy in your environment and within yourself and you're trying to feel the energy as if you're feeling the wind blowing you from side to side like a tree when it flows that's kind of called like somatic movement and then there is what I do in my videos which is movement with intention so I have I channel the energy I determine where I'm going to be with my body in my mind first and then I visualize where I want to go and then in that way I I just produce an endless map of where where it can take me there is no ending because it's just as you know once energy starts it doesn't stop like an object that is in motion wants to stay in motion and an object at rest wants to stay at rest and you mentioned also about uh, about the trauma as well and when people revisit the ground the thing is that movement brings about emotions so much because emotions get stored in the muscles and basically what happens uh, for example if you get scared right now you might have a reaction in your body. You might tense somewhere in your body. We don't know where. Maybe it could be in your traps. It could be in your middle back. It could be in your, in your obliques, in your abs. And this tension with the fear or the emotion will get stored there. And that will not be released until you either go in with your mind and you say to yourself and you release it internally, you consciously are aware of it and you release it. Or if you move your body and you are unaware of it, but you just start moving and you start to feel this emotion coming about. You don't know what it is. You might start feeling like you want to cry or, or you want to shout, you want to scream. But when you do this, you actually let go of so much so actually movement and exercise is absolutely huge for mental health because it actually allows all the stored emotions that are stored within the body and in the muscle out of the body so it's it's a form of expression movement is a form of expression i love that i also really liked um i heard this idea that like emotion emotion is energy mm. in motion but the, yep. the idea that, I mean, that totally rings true with all the modern trauma science, uh, the work like Peter Levine mm. and the body keeps the score um, in terms of mm. the way that emotions get locked in our body. And I wonder, because there's mm. a lot of people who are engaged in physical activity who you could maybe even say don't have that same fluidity of emotion. They're going, they look mm. really great. They've put a lot of time into their body. Do you think that that has something to do with, I mean, there's kind of like the safe tracks of movement in fitness, I feel like, where you're doing your biceps, you're doing mm. your mm. you know, your chest, you're mm. doing all these things, and mm. there isn't the same fluidity of that kind of somatic free flow, whereas like the intention mm. movement that you do still has mm. that sense of flow within it. Do you think that this stuff, is it possible to actually build on top of that stuck energy and actually lock it in? Do you mean that, for example, if I was to choose, a, if let's say I experienced trauma uh, and then I was to do like a bodybuilding lifestyle where I'm just pumping iron and I'm becoming stiffer and stiffer by the day. Of course, this is not like uh, putting down anybody who is doing bodybuilding or strength training. Um, I do it myself as well on top of everything else that I do uh, with movement because I believe that they have a, a perfect, uh, uh, how would you call it, unity. They go really, really well together. Uh, they complement each other because if you train your muscles to become bigger, yeah, they also become stronger. 
when you're stronger you can move your you can move your body even better if you do body weight training so you can actually really take it to the next level so you can start doing more insane things with your body so but back to what you were saying about the emotions and the trauma i believe that if you are constantly running away from yourself and you are using exercise to avoid your emotions eventually you will hit a point where like a wall where you will like no amount of exercise will fix it you will need to go either within or you will need to do some kind of meditation or some form of breath work or some kind of like uh, healing you know so i believe that it it definitely doesn't go away if you don't become aware because the thing is that we have to become conscious we have to become aware of how we feel inside we have to uh, acknowledge those emotions how we feel we need to accept them for what they are we need to question why are they there and do we want to continue to feel this way and if it's from the past what we need to do we need to just go in there and rewrite our past as if it never happened or if we don't want to rewrite it, we can just forgive it and let go. Even if it's something that we haven't done wrong uh, in the situation, we can still forgive ourselves and still forgive whatever happened in that situation. So we can set ourselves free, so we can let go of the chains, the, the mental and emotional chains that exist in the body. And in that way, it will bring this sense of lightness to the body and, uh, and the sense of presence because you are not carrying your past with you and you are living more in the present and in that way you are able to express yourself way more and expression is movement in every manner for me to speak right now i have to express my i have to move right so i have to be present right here right now so yeah yeah, I love the idea of forgiveness being an alchemical process that actually has like like a biochemical function within the body. Mm. I feel like a lot of the times mm. people are really, you know, they think of like forgiveness and they like, oh, it's this really airy, fairy mm. kind of like, mm. you know, unpractical mm. thing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's better, you know, whatever. But like really what it mm. is is like it has like a host of physiological changes when you're holding on to something, when you're holding on to a grudge or uh, a trauma like that, like it's actually like a dissolving agent on blockages within your body. It's like forgiveness is presence. It is awareness. And I find that so many people just have so many defenses against if they have blockages in their body. Sometimes it's really even hard to prioritize bringing presence in. You know, I mean, people have these these filters that keep them away from, they, they just associate with some like hippy-dippy thing. And then it, it's like a defense mechanism which keeps them from actually using these forces for their well-being. So how did you end up developing I mean, I don't know if you've ever had blockages for it, or I mean, I imagine with your transformation from being overweight at 14, there had to have been mm. a lot of forgiveness, but how did you, mm. you realize that this was something that you needed to do in order to have a more fluid expressed motion? So do you mean my work or uh, you mean to work through myself, my emotional uh, traumas? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the same thing, right? It's like, that's what informs your oh. work yeah yeah exactly so basically i believe i need to just say this real quick um that the body has like a stress bucket as you say that you know the body keeps the score so uh, the stress bucket is only so big unless you make it bigger there are ways to make it bigger but let's focus on like 
what happens when it gets full. And so uh, when we keep on filling this stress bucket up and up and up and it gets to the absolute max, that's when it overflows, right? So the bucket is overflowing, the body can't handle any more stress. The body can't tell the difference between emotional stress or physical stress. It's all the same, or biochemical stress. It's it, On the cellular level, the body just sees stress. And so when the body is stressed out, as you said, we have like inflammation and we have all sorts of other things happening as well in the body. And so basically like when uh, through my own transformation I had to uh, really forgive myself and to accept myself for who I am and uh, also transform the my ego self because at one at one point I was focusing a lot on my how my body was looking like and moving towards the movement lifestyle of moving more and not caring so much about how I looked but more how I felt like that started to bring awareness to me because instead of focusing on the external I was focusing on the internal how I was feeling and in and then because of this process of more of how the body was feeling I was then forced to realize how is the mind feeling so it all kind of just unraveled itself from there and then all of a sudden the consciousness itself and I started doing uh, meditation and breath work and breath work is also something mechanical that you can do it's it's intentional but it can have very big uh, physio psychological effects and physiological effects because it affects your body it affects your mind so it it always goes hand in hand together it's never uh, separated you can't separate the two because they are your brain is literally sitting on top of your body you want to think of your brain as the flower and your body is the soil and the roots are the nerves and they are running through the body and it's literally like your temple right here and what you feed into your body like emotionally spiritually uh, your thoughts your food uh, how you treat your body is all impacting your soil and that also impacts your flower which is your brain and so this is uh, the big realization that I have come to and how movement can be so impactful on people's lives in helping them bring the awareness to themselves and to start to feel present within their body in this present moment it doesn't need to be like all out like meditation from the first day uh, but slowly slowly people start to feel more in tune with themselves and they don't want to feel bad anymore and once they start to set these boundaries it's so important because once you set the boundaries, you now say, I'm not dropping below this level. I am going to keep this standard and I'm going to keep on improving myself in every aspect of my life, not only in how I feel physically, but also how I feel mentally and also in my relations and, and everything else. So, yeah. I love everything you just said, that the metaphor <laughs> of the, the brain being the flower and your entire body being like the root system and the soil uh, really speaks to a lot of my interpretation of a lot of like psychology and mental health stuff. I don't think that there's anything wrong with the Western psychological pharmaceutical kind of thing. I think mm. some people definitely need mm. some like if they're spiraling out to have that kind of parachute. But I think like fundamentally the part of the conversation that's often ignored is that we're, what are we doing with our bodies? We want to focus on the mind as mm -hmm. a as as if it's this externalized thing, but it's totally mm -hmm. interdependent. You can't separate those two things. 
So I mm-hmm. think having that conversation, which I'm starting to see a lot of fitness people really take on the role of being the the bridge between the mind and the body and seeing how interwoven mm. they are. And I think that that really brings us into the 21st century on what it means to be vital, to be healthy, to be whole, you know, is that, is that level of integration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I totally forgot the other thing that I was going to say. I was, I was, I was basking in uh, what you were you were just talking about there yeah it's um it's every it's uh, completely about wholeness you know you um the body is is one unity you know you cannot separate anything the brain uh, and the and the body at all you can't separate the gut from the from the liver and the and the heart so all the even though we have in this uh, western uh uh culture and you know in the uh medical system everything is separated so you go to the doctor to the gastroenterologist for your gut and you go to the heart doctor for your heart but you know we need to see everything holistically because once one thing is impacted it's a system the system is dependent on the groups within it if the groups are not functioning well then the whole system collapses this is just what happens this is what you see in general like with the body because if, for example, if you have low oxygen in your body, that can impact one part of your body and then that impacts the rest of your body because everything is impacted. So it, it all works in this kind of a, like a circular, holistic way. And, and this is basically what movement does. You are When you're moving your body just with your body weight and you're not using weights, isolating a specific muscle, what you are doing, you are... Uh, connecting your hands with your feet you know through the fascia the fascial web which is kind of like this giant spider web which encapsulates all the muscles and the muscle is like or the body is like a grapefruit when you the and the juice inside the grapefruit is the muscle and the webbing of the grapefruit is the fascia you want to imagine the body like that and so basically the the body would not have a shape without the fascia and so uh, this is how you can move gracefully and efficiently and efficiency is super super crucial because everybody when they are exercising depending on what they are striving for they are normally if you are wanting to lose weight a lot of people are aiming to burn more calories or you know expend more energy and in my view of uh, what I want to achieve when I'm moving is not that. I want to achieve uh, the feeling of feeling awesome, feeling good, like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I want to feel good in every aspect. And it does make me feel good. Like it primes me to feel better mentally once I have done movement. So before this uh, session right now, before we jumped on the call, I obviously did some movement. And that lights up my brain. It makes me fully present. I'm right here, right now. And when I'm doing movement, when I'm in the movement, I'm fully present. And a lot of the times when you are doing weights and uh, and you are uh, just isolating a muscle group, it's so easy to get zoned out and to be just thinking about other things when and you are not present in the movement. And that's mm. that can be dangerous sometimes, you know? Yeah. But that can lead to injuries yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 I don't think people really recognize. I mean, I always say, I don't think people do this or that, but I think there is a large misconception of like how little movement it actually takes to start to feel better. Even like mm. 10 minutes, mm. if you are working, I heard this idea that if you're working at a computer for an hour, take 10 minutes of that hour 
and do a little dance. Just get something mm-hmm. happening and your body doing unique mm-hmm. movements will actually connect mm-hmm. the parts of your body and you start to bring the entire thing online. And I, I think uh, one of the things that is often really difficult for people when they make this journey to bring their awareness into their body is this lack of intuitive understanding that you do have an internal kind of flashlight of awareness that you can move around your body. Mm. So I think by Mm. you saying like your gut health affects this, your heart, it affects all these different things. A lot of people don't actually Mm. have a very intuitive direct experience with what their gut even feels like. We wake up Mm. and then we have this kind of snowball of all these different sensations and we just say, that's how I feel. But we don't really, we don't have the ability to parse things out often. And I think by using Mm -hmm. that flashlight of awareness and really like Mm -hmm. getting to have a direct relationship with what your gut is feeling like day to day, whether it's Mm -hmm. hurting, whether it feels good, like to really intentionally Mm -hmm. create that relationship and that dialogue so that the moment it starts to feel a little funny, it doesn't just blur into the rest of your experience, but it actually communicates Mm -hmm. to you. You learn to actually Mm. have a conversation with the different elements of your body, and that's how you can bring it all into a holistic, unified whole. But, you know, it does Mm -hmm. kind of take that awareness training of, like, we're so centralized up here in our heads and our thoughts. We're planning. We're organizing. We're constantly going through narratives. And the entire time, we're just dragging our body around. And it's telling us so many messages. And when you're connected to that, you're connected to life. You're connected to the person you're talking to. You know, it doesn't take you away mm-hmm. from that. It actually brings you closer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, like uh, pain is a signal to the body. It's a request for change. You know, I, I've heard that quote from Dr. Perry, you know, Dr. Perry Nichols, then uh, stop chasing pain if you, if you have heard of him before. Um, so pain is a request for change. Your body is giving you a signal and it, it can start on the micro level, like so, so small that it, it doesn't bother you, but it's there and it's giving you the signs and you don't pay attention and you just keep on ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. And then eventually the pain is so great that it's literally right in your face. It's saying to you, please like pay attention to me right now. So it's, that is your sign. That is your signal that you need to do something. You need to change something in your life, whether that is your nutrition or your movement, your lifestyle, your sleeping habits, your relationships, your emotions, you need to, you need to take control. So basically uh, the awareness is actually what drives the change. So uh, if we can start to become more in tune with our body and, and quiet and quiet and everything else that's unnecessary put focus on what is necessary and what the what is the most necessary in everybody's life is their health because without health you cannot do the things that you enjoy you cannot take care of your loved ones you have you cannot pour from an empty cup your cup has, has to be filled and overflowed and therefore you can give uh, endlessly once your cup is full and then you need to take the time to recharge yourself to rest to restore to take the to acknowledge when you need to do that and then again that comes back to again listening to the body and being aware of what you need right now so sometimes moving the body is not what the body needs sometimes the body just needs to sleep sometimes the body just needs to rest or you just need to spend some time in nature most of the times moving the body is a good thing because most people right now are not moving enough and especially because of covid uh, now everybody has been so much more sedentary 
and that causes a lot of movement dysfunction because when you sit down all day that makes you very tight on your hip flexors and your lower back and your neck and everywhere like that so um, moving is normally a good thing uh, it really depends you can also obviously overdo it as well so we, you have to again uh, go back to listening to your body and realize are you feeling overtired or are you feeling good or are you feeling very energized and then you can then determine how you want to plan your day and uh, as you mentioned about the movement snacks uh, as as we like to call them you know these mini breaks of uh, moving while, when, while you are <laughs> while you are sitting you know for prolonged periods of time it's extremely extremely useful because when you are sitting everything slows down so much the blood flow slows down to the brain the oxygen that is uptake and is weightless because you are obviously breathing slower and everything like that so basically when you move your body you start breathing more you start uh, pumping everything around more your brain starts to uh, receive more nutrients and, and oxygen as well and also you are clearing your lymphatics as well from your brain to go to the rest of the body so if you are um, experiencing brain fog and you are sitting many many hours at work it's probably a good idea to stand up and walk around or you know uh, take a deep squat and you know relieve the lower back from all the all the uh, chronic sitting so it's just the small small little things even just uh, taking a static position like a squat a deep squat and just sitting there in the squat uh, for maybe uh, as long as you feel like where it's comfortable on your joints and then you stand up that will just promote so much goodness to your brain and your body and it, that literally takes only two minutes and so basically what I'm doing like every single day, every, every time when I'm sitting on my computer or when I have to do computer work or if I have to do like programs and things like that or coaching online, I move myself all the time. So every single hour I have basically a, a small movement session and I have like specific movements that I like to do. I basically run from the head to toe like specific movements and I'm just making sure that my body is feeling loose uh, but ready. Because I don't like to feel too loose because you can't become too loose as well and I've been there and now I'm trying to fix that <laughs> so uh, I, there is a thing such as hypermobility I was too stiff then I became hypermobile and now I'm trying to find the the middle grounds so if you are moving your body too much or if you are stretching too much doing too much mobility work well mobility means strength and flexibility combined but uh, flexibility alone can just make the tissues longer and longer and longer and then basically then they will just stay long and then your body gets frightened your brain gets afraid and it's like hey like uh, I can't control so much length you know I don't have the strength to control this length so what it's gonna do your body's gonna tighten you up even further and that's gonna most likely cause pain which is uh, what has been happening to me for the last maybe one to two years so my my whole body has become extremely loose and now i'm focusing on doing strength training in the full range of motion and that is the key to maintaining mobility so the reason why a lot of people lose mobility or they don't they're not able to maintain mobility they do a lot of stretching so the muscle becomes long but then after a while it starts shortening and shortening it goes back to its position or it stays long so what you want to do you want to strength train in a full range of motion 
because this is what actually is going to load the muscle to its longest position with the weight that you are using whether this is with weights or with body weight training it doesn't matter which way you do it because you can achieve it both ways that's the beauty of it but of course with body weight training you can achieve greater levels of mobility because you can just do more advanced things more more dangerous things that you wouldn't want to do with the weights and so in this way this is how you see uh, gymnasts and people who do these like splits and you know they are able to be very flexible and they are able to lift their leg using the mind without pulling it with their hand using the mind which means that their brain acquires the connection you have the strength and you have granted the access to your body to be able to be this mobile because you have shown it through strength that it's okay to acquire yes wow. <laughs> Went to yeah, no, around that's, that's <laughs> wonderful no yeah. that's great so when people are if folks aren't really used to doing like actual strength training how would you suggest people kind of start that journey i mean for me i immediately am like maybe you should find a trainer but not all trainers mm. are made equal as i'm coming to find out <laughs> so like how what what's like a safe way that people can actually start working with this in their life um, is there a specific thing that they should maybe avoid when they're starting out or something they should seek out or what would be your, your first suggestion? Well, I believe you should find, uh, do a really good research online, find someone who is locally there around where, wherever you live, because when you're doing it face to face, they're able to show you way better how it's done. So that's my first tip. So my second tip is make sure that you know what you want. What are your goals? Do you want to gain more strength? Do you want to gain more muscle? Do you want to move better or do you want to achieve all of the above? And then you just start searching, you know, for coaches like this. Once you find a desired coach, uh, normally at the beginning, if people want to start at the gym, I would generally do with them the big five, uh, which is like the, the squats, the deadlifts, the bench press, the shoulder press, and maybe some pull-ups or uh, rows. And that it just involves either uh, a barbell, just one barbell or the uh, or dumbbells and that's basically the program at the beginning so they gain the foundation you are building the strength uh, from all uh, planes basically for, of gravity and then if i was to do it with body weight training i would use a completely different approach uh, because you just have to do things differently when you're doing body weight training so for body weight training i would start with pull-ups push-ups uh, body weight squats sprints maybe some lunges and then from there you know some ab ab work as well and some lateral work as well more like uh, athletic you know lateral jumping side to side and, and, and stuff like that just to work the uh, the lateral plane also because that's extremely important and some uh, rotational work as well but that's where i would begin and that's what i would advise people to look for someone who is an expert in these in this area and start with a, a program which is going to build the found if you don't have a pr uh, foundation yet you need to build the foundation uh, especially if you are going to get into body weight training because body weight training can be extremely taxing on the joints just because you are using your body as a form of resistance and sometimes we are not ready to accept our body as a form of resistance and i've experienced this with a lot of my clients they get like a lot of wrist pains or even knee pains at the beginning when we begin before their body adapts. So at the beginning, we take it quite slow. 
And then once your joints are getting used to it, they have gone through the adaptation process, that's when we start to do a little bit more work and we start to do more advanced things. And it's the same thing with the weight training as well. But with the weight training, you can use such a light weight that it's more accessible. And if you have uh, joint issues when you are joining a gym, using machines, it can be a massive benefit. So for example, if you do want to transition into bodyweight training, but you're not capable yet, what I, what I would recommend is that you join the gym, you do, uh, you get a coach and they, they help you make a program which is using machines or, or barbells or dumbbells, which is going to help you build a certain level of a foundation. And once you have built that foundation and then you feel confident, then you can start exploring the the body weight world and that's that's basically what, what i would uh, suggest to people wow that was very thorough i really enjoyed that so at what <laughs> point do you think they have to start bringing in the idea of changing their diet because i mean what we're really talking about is a complete transformation mm. if you really want to mm. walk the path of mm. like strength training what i'm realizing i just started my own journey into it i got a trainer who is very um well received here in the area and um, I mean, the first session I had with him, he like gave me a sheet and he's like, here's what you're going to need to eat if you want to really maximize um, th mm. this, like the productivity of this. Mm. So um, mm. at what point would you just say maybe like dive into the actual exercise first, maybe worry about diet later? Or would you say it's better to just kind of get it started right off the bat? And how would you just incorporate expanding from just strength training? Okay, so uh, basically when it comes to nutrition, it's something that you do on a, on a daily basis and maybe uh, many times throughout the day, depending on how many times you eat. So this is something that is going to impact your life massively. So the things that you do most are the things that have the biggest impact on your life because what you do consistently is what makes the change. And that can be towards the worst if your actions are not in line with what you want to achieve. So let's say your uh, life is um, not supporting your health, not supporting your goals. You need to change your nutrition right now. With your next meal, you need to change your nutrition. You need to l go on the web. You need to research uh, about like holistic health and well-being, and you need to find how to fight inflammation with nutrition. You need to discover the power of fasting, and you need to discover the power of self-control because these are all parts of the... Uh, the process because you, uh, the nutrition is so much here in the mind we have uh, so much emotional attachment to food uh, like everybody's so emotionally attached to food everybody can't wait for the next meal or there everyone's constantly thinking about what you're going to eat tomorrow or on the weekend where you're going to like let's say you're going to cheat meal but you shouldn't feel like you're always looking forward to the next meal that uh, food is supposed to fuel your body and you're meant to eat to live, not live to eat. Okay, I mean, you can of course enjoy food, but it, it shouldn't feel like you are emotionally attached to it. And if you are emotionally attached to it, then I recommend that you find somebody who is expert in fasting and they help you do a guided fast because that will change your life. If you, if you learn how to fast and you have self-control over yourself, so be, meaning not eating any foods for a certain period of time or even doing intermittent fasting, so not eating a certain amount of the day and then eating your meals in a uh, short time frame, this will teach you uh, consistency, it will te teach you discipline and it will make you more uh, healthy overall 
because you will be able to allow your body to clear out things from inside your system that have been sitting and stagnating in there for years if you haven't fasted before. And what happens when you sleep? When you sleep, you are fasting. And why, why do you think sleep is a miracle? Well, the <laughs> sleep is flushing out the brain in the night. So it's like moving the lymph, the lymph and doing a lot of recovery processes. It's getting rid of uh, lots of dead cells and mutated cells from the body that could potentially cause a lot of harm in the future if they're not removed. And then you are also detoxifying in the night. So basically all of these things are extremely powerful and the fasting this is this is where it comes in right so you're not eating in the night and that's allowing your body to make this healing process happen and when your uh, digestive system is filled your body is putting the energy there into the digestive system in digesting the food it's not focusing on repairing your body healing your body trying to because the body is divine in its pure essence without anything just as it is no food, no nothing. Just as it is, the body is divine. So if we remove everything, it, it knows what to do. This is how fasting works. And this is basically like how, how your body can heal itself. But yeah, you need to find somebody who is specialized in fasting, do your research and before you dive into it, because it's not for the faint hearted. It's quite a hard journey, especially if you've never done it before. And so, but the best way to approach it, I believe, is intermittent fasting because you can start with the micro level and then if you want to maybe do a longer term fast for a deeper cleanse, then you can do that. But I would start with intermittent fasting, but then the, the nutrition part uh, in relation to the training, depending on your goals, for example, if you want to uh, gain muscle and you are not training yet, I wouldn't start eating more food before you start training more. Because as I said, what you are doing, you are overloading the system when you are eating more food, but you are not exercising more because the body doesn't need the fuel. You're just going to store it as fat or you are going to excrete it from your body. So you only want to introduce or change things when you know the plan. So if your goal is to lose weight, already you can change your nutrition before you start your exercise plan. But if you want to gain weight, you want to start it when you start your exercising and you actually train more intensely when you're breaking down more muscle so you can build more muscle back. If you're focusing more on longevity and, and health, that is when you focus on the intermittent fasting and the fasting overall and in general focusing on eating nutrient-dense foods. So every single thing that you eat, you need to think, is this taking me towards health or is it taking me towards disease? Because there is no middle. It's only one way or the other way. And so the body, if you have to, if you overload the body with foods that take you towards dysfunction, your body has to constantly work harder and harder in detoxifying you and not in repairing you and removing uh, things from your body that are not meant to be there. And therefore, the uh, nutrition is critical and knowing what you are putting in your body to actually help to uh, improve the detoxification process and not place an extra load on it and actually to promote the detox process and to allow healing to repair and and the vitality to take place mm. so yeah it's such an important element and it's something that's really mm. like fundamental to what it means to be human i find 
Um, mm. When I'm engaging with people, like I'm changing my diet a lot too in terms of like reducing my sugars, eating way more protein to compensate for mm. my strength training. And when I'm having conversations mm. with people, you know, I'm, whenever anybody expresses any sort of resistance to it, it always comes down to this story-driven, like, narrative of, like, well, I couldn't give up mac and cheese. You know, I grew up eating mac and cheese. It was something that mm. my pap made me. And, like, we have to understand that, like, our relationship to food is more than just, like, this mm. superficial, like, I think it tastes good, but we actually yeah. identify through our food. You know, there are people who are like, are you a Coke person or a Pepsi person? And, like, we have to be able to see, like, the tendrils that our food choices actually integrate into our sense of self, our sense of being. So I also think that that element of engaging with our nutrition, with our diet, is another one of these transformative processes that completely frees mm -hmm. up your awareness because you're not carrying these stories and these connotations to experiences that happened in the past, but you're able to choose freely mm -hmm. something new mm -hmm. in the future. But oftentimes we mm -hmm. have like an addiction to our dis-ease, so to speak. And I like that you kind of pointed out that, you know, like every choice food-wise, and I'd say otherwise, you know, it's towards health or towards disease, you know, not. Mm, so mm. this idea that like we have so much baggage, habitual baggage that is actually keeping us from being able to expand mm. that flashlight of awareness to be able to incorporate mm. our wholeness. And as mm -hmm. we start working with that flashlight and developing that ability to perceive ourselves as whole beings, not just a mind carrying a body around, we start to see these like unhealthy relationships to things. And I think that that is mm -hmm. the forefront, like the battle line of this entire fitness thing is like, yeah, you're doing mm -hmm. the workout, but like, how are you integrating the benefit of that workout, the productivity momentum into the rest of your life? And I think before mm -hmm. we see it take place on a mental health level, we have to see it take place on a physical level because that's the part that we're largely mm -hmm. disconnected from. So oftentimes, mm -hmm. you know, people set up camp and they want to, help all the mental health without focusing on these storylines, these habitual baggages that mm. we're carrying around. But really, mm. it, it might seem disconnected, but it's 100% why you feel bad, you know? We have all this habitual yep, yep. tendency towards disease because that's mm -hmm. what we've learned. Mm -hmm. And I think food is mm -hmm. the, a really good ground. It's a good foundation to start working with. And if you can get your food in mm. order, then everything else naturally, because you, you have fuel, you know? And that's the thing is like food is yep. fuel. But we, it's mm. not fuel for some people. It is themselves, mm. you know. So it's their mm. comfort, it's yep. their love, it's their relationship, their family connection, yep. you know. Mm. So I, I think it's really a, a crucial. Like you don't have fitness without nutrition, and mm -hmm. I mean the nutrition, yeah, absolutely. Fitness arises from it, you know. Yep, absolutely. It's all connected, and you know, it's it's all uh, helps each other, and it complements each other, and it will always always be that way because the, as we mentioned earlier like the body is a, a unity you know you can't just like uh, focus on the just one aspect you have to focus on all the aspects if you want to improve your life when you look at the greatest athletes in the world they take the the most care of their nutrition they take the most care of their lifestyle of their sleep of their like exposure to different environmental like uh, threats you know they are uh, not meaning like uh, like an uh, like uh, attacking kind of way, but more the uh, chemical and uh, chemical loads. You know that are impacting our detoxification system, which is not part of your nutrition. It can be part of your nutrition depending on the food that you are eating. But the environmental load on our body these days is insane. Uh, you know with the amount of microplastics that are in the environment and 
and many many other things in in uh, you know in the water that we drink and and everything like that in the in the food that we find in the supermarket for example i always try to eat organic and local as much as i can but you know a lot of the things are packaged in plastic and i have to buy it like that because that's just how it is and i don't have a choice and the, i have to just make the best decisions that i can in this present moment you know a lot of people like to say that you know i'm going to I'm gonna die someday anyway, so I'm just gonna live my life now. So like they just rebel and they just eat whatever they want and they don't exercise and they just watch TV all day or whatever, watch Netflix. But the thing is, you need to realize that your genes, your genetic expression gets passed on to your children and your grandchildren and, and, and so forth. And the more healthier you are, the more healthier the generations are going to be down the line. So it is every single person's responsibility. If we want to see a healthier world tomorrow, it starts with ourselves. Everybody has to uh, go within and everyone has to take responsibility because even though I give uh, adv uh, advice or recommendation to someone uh, in terms of diet or exercise or lifestyle, I cannot do it for them. They need to uh, fully, fully embody it. They need to become it. And as you said, that people have acquired an identity with specific habits. And as you, it, because it's a habit, it's very hard to break, especially if you have been doing it for years. And I don't believe in this three week uh, building and breaking habits thing. I just, I believe it. you need to uh, spend like every single second of every single day thinking about changing that one thing that you want to do. It can't be just three weeks. You have to fully commit to it, believe it. You need to, you need to be it. You literally need to be it before it, uh, becomes a reality because that's how manifestation works how things come into fruition in your life you the the universe presents you what you believe so if you believe it so uh, you know so bad then it will come into reality so you really need to embody that and and you know the connection uh, with the food can only be uh, made and broken if we are aware and we start to accept what we want to do and where we want to go and to not allow ourselves and our emotions to get into into this whole idea because you know i've uh, experienced this myself as well like i've had these uh, uh binge eating habits and over the years when i used to do more of this bodybuilding style stuff before i got into more holistic uh eating and eating uh, more nutritious food so i feel like more balanced now i don't feel the need that i need to go and eat like 20 donuts like shredder <laughs> you know in, in one sitting so so basically yeah like uh, it all comes down to getting things balanced out first with the nutrition uh, like holistically so that you are nourishing the body so you are then allowing the mind to work a little bit more clearly you're able to think a little bit more straight and when you're thinking more straight you don't make crazy decisions and that's that's what uh, is like making people not eat so good because of course there is like a lot of marketing everywhere and stuff like that about foods that are it's really good marketing for unhealthy foods and and that's driving a lot of the uh, you know people who are eating things that they shouldn't be eating or even if you want to gain weight I see a lot of people eating unhealthy foods but you shouldn't be aiming to do that because then you are just placing more load on your body you are causing 
uh, internal dysfunction, even though you can't see it from the outside. Let's say you're a person who doesn't gain weight easily and you eat like a lot of unhealthy foods to gain weight and then you train hard. Yeah, sure, you can build muscle and maybe you look good on the outside and you have a six pack, but on the internals, your organs are probably not like liking it very much, you know, and your detox has, has a lot of work to do. So health begins from the inside out. It's in through the nutrition and through the mind. And wherever our awareness goes, that's where the energy flows. So. Yeah. Rest in peace, those 20 donut binges. Man, I'm going to miss <laughs> them, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating that, I mean, I, I think that there is kind of this like trope that I've, I mean, maybe it was just where I grew up and the people I interacted with, but this idea that like, the people who go to the gym are really like self-absorbed and they just want to look good. And, but like what you're saying about this, like if we want a better world tomorrow, we have to take mm -hmm. a stronger, a better care of our internal environment, our mm -hmm. external mm -hmm. physique, because mm -hmm. that's actually what we're mm -hmm. passing down. And really what we're talking mm -hmm. about is cloudiness of mind and awareness, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. with awareness comes the responsibility of like, you were aware of the disease and then like the health. So it's like, with that comes like a choice, whereas a lot of people might not mm -hmm. have the choice because they don't have the awareness to see that it's like you're really fighting with cloudiness of mind and clarity of mind. And that's mm -hmm. what you're passing mm -hmm. down. That's what is actually affecting every one of your relationships. So really the fitness mm -hmm. path is actually one of – it's a spiritual path. It's one that actually yep. affects all of your relationships. It's the interdependence between you and other people. And by focusing mm -hmm. on yourself and your self-care, you're actually creating a better world right then and there because every interaction you have has that much more clarity and that much more ability mm -hmm. for creative expression. Whereas if you don't yeah. have that awareness, if you don't have the sight of disease and health, then you're probably going to keep choosing what was handed down to you, which, I mean, I've never seen an advertisement for broccoli. It's just, you know, so like there's very apparent <laughs> yeah. forces out there that, kind of don't care mm. if we're healthy or not. They probably prefer the cloudiness yeah. of mind because it's easier to sell things to. Mm. Absolutely, you know, I, I see this all the time, uh, that people who take care of themselves are more aware. For example, I see this uh, very common thing. Uh, when I see someone in the streets and they're wearing barefoot shoes, I might go up and talk to them and I say to them, I like your shoes because I'm also wearing barefoot shoes, of course. And, and, and basically, most of the times, we are resonating on many more levels than just the shoes. They are more spiritually minded, they are more aware, they are more conscious, they are probably exercising, taking care of themselves, they are eating well. So you kind of see a relationship between certain habits and, you know, there is this, this trend that you can see, that you can find. So it's the kind of like the same on the other end as well. So people who are not taking care of their bodies, you can, you can know, you can imagine what their lifestyle can be like. You can imagine that maybe they don't exercise, maybe they sit indoors all day, maybe they don't eat good foods, maybe they are not like uh, communicating with others and, and, and things like that. So it, it really impacts your entire life because I've seen a lot of people who start their fitness journey and they were not... Um, conscious of their entire lifestyle they just wanted to change their body and that's how it started with me too I just wanted to change my body but I it got me on this journey of self-awareness and the self-awareness led to deeper awareness of myself which I realized is not my body 
but my myself that resides within me. So myself, Andreas, is not my body. I'm not me. Like I'm just within my body right now, and this body one day is not going to be here. But I'm my soul, myself is going to continue, and it's going to be. You know, I don't know. E energy is never destroyed; it's only transformed. So. I don't know where my my soul is going to go, but basically I noticed this trend in the fitness industry. A lot of people who are start training, uh, even though you might see a lot of ego involved, they awaken so much. Even if they still look ego driven, they have still improved dramatically from where they were before they started, just because the awareness of the body increased. So it's insane, like how when you take care of your body, yeah. Well, I think it takes a degree of sensitivity to be able to like navigate this. And it's something that you end up cultivating because, I mean, you might start feeling mm. pain and like that draws you to it. So that develops a sense of like, okay, I did too much. And like that internal mm. sensitivity ends up expanding mm. to a sensitivity for just all of the energies of life. You start to see like, I'm watering my garden and now my garden is going beyond the fence line. And now there's flowers in that person's yard because of the work that I'm doing. So in that way, like, regardless of what your soul is doing, every interaction is made better by you taking on this mm -hmm. work. And I mean, yep. it's one thing for us to judge the people who might be coming off as really egotistical. But if you're looking at the long arc of their soul's journey, if you will, if you want to mm -hmm. get that mm -hmm. far out, who knows? Maybe mm -hmm. this is the lifetime where they turn around eons of bad karma and now they're starting to generate even just a little bit of momentum. So their next life is like one of just exactly. like a little bit more. So like encouraging mm. good orderly direction. That's an acronym for mm. God, good orderly direction. And I think that I fitness is, it's your watering of your garden, you know? So yep, absolutely. Yep. Well, you we got to are... take care of the body. Yeah. You got to take like care of time, the body. If you... Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I love this. I, I like I, if I don't cut off, then we're going to be going for two hours or three hours. So yeah, it's yeah, like, I understand. Yeah, no problem at all. I, I completely understand if you have uh, things yeah. to do and to and to get to do uh, maybe other podcasts or whatsoever. But it was great talking with you. It was awesome. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. Um, let people know where can they find you? How can they get involved with you? Most of my listeners are from the US. So I know face to face yep. probably won't be a thing, but can they still mm -hmm. interact with you? digitally absolutely yeah absolutely i have uh, my website which is uh, origin of health as you can see here on the shirt it's uh, originofhealth.net and that is all one word and i also have my instagram which is andreas underscore david underscore my surname which is c-h-r-i-s-t-o-u and i also have my other instagram which is the origin of health one word on Instagram. And from there, I post all the time so I can navigate you to my Twitter and all the other places that I, I also have as well. And from there, you can uh, contact me if you would like to be in touch in any way. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andreas. This has been a pleasure. Definitely fit right in with the themes of the show. I mean, this reminds me of my first episode with a gentleman named Mike Chang. I'm not sure if you've heard of him but very very similar no, in terms of messaging i'd suggest making oh, that connection i'm it's, definitely it's gonna great. listen to that yeah yeah he's wonderful Perfect. all right well i will Perfect. talk to you very soon yes absolutely thank you 
All right, my friends, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through till the end. That was Andreas David Christow. You can find him over at originofhealth.net or at originofhealth for all the social media stuff. Um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed it. I definitely did. Re-listening through to it, you know, I picked up on some other things that I didn't the first time through, so that was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's what we had going on. Uh, if you want to support the show, again, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us that review. I keep saying that one in particular because it is the juiciest. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, any participation with any of that helps me leverage the show to a little bit more people who want to spread the good word um so thank you again so much again originofhealth.net get connected you could do some virtual trainings you can just watch this free content it's good it's good for your soul it's not junk food um yeah that's where we're at y'all i hope you all have a great week as we head into december the last month of the year